Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. You know the U.S. Census Bureau as the agency that goes around every 10 years to tally up just how many of us there are spread across the country. But the Census Bureau doesn't just give a headcount. It also wants a sense of how educated residents are, how much money they make, how many folks own homes versus rent them, and more. And each December, the Census Bureau releases what it's gathered in five-year data sets. Now, WBEZ just crunched the numbers from the latest one, and it looks like, compared to a decade ago, that median household income is on the rise in most of Chicago. But some Chicago neighborhoods aren't feeling this change. WBEZ's data projects editor, Alden Lowry, starts by sharing what to know about the Census Bureau's five-year data set. I would say it's probably the most granular look that the Census Bureau provides in terms of the data that it releases for things outside of the the, uh, stuff that's kind of gathered every 10 years mm-hmm. um, on in the decennial census, uh, which is essentially uh, race, age, gender, uh, total population, um, I think perhaps home ownership. Uh, but, you know, those very, very basic things. Um, but here we can get into uh, what people are earning, um, what uh, what's happening with them in terms of their employment, what occupations wow. are they in. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people realize that this is happening. They don't realize that the Census Bureau is, is collecting annual data as well. Yes. How are they getting this info? It's something they call the American Community Survey. They started it in the early 2000s. Prior to that, during the decennial census, they had what they called the census long form. It went to about one in every six households, and it would ask a lot of these very detailed questions about family composition, work, uh, income, you name it. Um, And then they created the American Community Survey, I believe, in 2001. And they've been doing that each year since, Mm -hmm. and it replaced the long form. So you don't get that now in a decennial census. You now get them annually. And it only goes, oh, God, I'm a little little fuzzy on this, but I believe it's about about one in every 100 people get this long form. It's about a 1% sample of the population. And so that's why they need five years of it to provide estimates that are, you know, reliable to the 90 percent interval, mm-hmm. um, confidence interval um, uh, in these five year data sets for these smaller uh, census tract level gotcha. um, geographies. And that's what we looked at. Uh, so so as we alluded to earlier and in your article, which is up online right now at WBEZ.org, you are outlining pretty significant changes in median household income also higher education levels and poverty rates across Cook County. So what is the good news here? The good news is overall, if you look at the city as a whole, if you look at the county as a whole, uh, we've seen growth uh, in all of those things and growth meaning positive growth in terms of uh, median household income, in terms of um, uh, bachelor's degree attainment, if you will. Um, But we are also seeing positive changes in terms of lower levels of poverty and lower levels of unemployment. Mm. Um, And the two five-year swaths that we were comparing was 2008 through 2012. So think of us during the time of the the, uh, Great Recession, recession, uh, kind of coming out of that, you know, beginning and kind of coming out of that. And think about the the pandemic, you know, which is uh, in the 2018 to 2022 
uh, five-year data set, essentially starting that in the middle of that period and kind of coming out of it at the end of that five-year period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're seeing these these positive growths between those uh, decades, that one decade apart, right? Uh, two sets of And in which, which parts of Chicago are, were you seeing sort of the highest increase in that median household income? Um, pretty much, I would say the highest increases were largely on kind of the north side of town. Uh, some on the northwest side, and there were pockets on the south side, pockets on the southwest side uh, that were also seeing positive growth. And then throughout the kind of suburban Cook County region, you were seeing mm-hmm. more growth than decline. What but, would you say drove the increase? Um, I think there is a general uh, increase. We, you know, through time, we're just we're typically earning more money and mm-hmm. earning more money above uh, above inflation. Um, these numbers uh, were compared uh, inflation-adjusted comparisons. Um, but I think the biggest thing that drives change, particularly, you know, you can see maybe 5, 10, 15 percent. Think about what you were earning a decade ago and what you're earning now. Oh, for now. sure. Yeah. Um, but if you see these dramatic changes, like some of these places, there was 100 percent increase, 200 percent increases at, at the highest, a 315 percent increase. That's because the people in those geographies are changing. Mm-hmm. And so you've got higher uh, income earners that are moving into these communities. And that's why our greatest increases were happening in neighborhoods that we know to be gentrifying. Gentrifying communities. Yes. How fast are Chicago neighborhoods gentrifying, Alden? Um, I, it depends. So you've got uh, neighborhoods uh, like uh, like Pilsen, for instance, that you could argue has been gentrifying for 20 plus years or so. And then you've got neighborhoods like Logan Square, which seem to have gentrified in the span of maybe a decade or so. It mm-hmm. seemed relatively fast there. And we're seeing signs of gentrification in neighborhoods like Woodlawn, in neighborhoods like Belmont Cragen, and some of these others that they're, they're a little slow. Yeah. Um, and then you have different waves of gentrification. So neighborhoods that we know of as kind of Greater Bronzeville, gentrified in the 2000s, particularly among between lower income African Americans and middle-income African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And now we're beginning to see some mild gentrification in terms of those numbers, in terms of income levels increasing, and also some some mild changes in terms of uh, the racial demographics of greater Bronzeville. Yeah. Uh, that may be a process that takes a little longer before, you know, say said and done, this neighborhood has completely gentrified to, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and something that sort of had my eyes pop out in my head when reading your, your article was that staggering 315% increase in median household income that was along the, the western end of the, the Bloomingdale Trail, the, otherwise known as the 606. 606 yeah. Why has the income increased so much in that area? I would say largely because it's it went from a, as many parts of Logan Square have, uh, it went from a working class Latino segment of the community mm-hmm. to a largely middle class white segment of the so very much a part of that story you were just sort of outlining right right there's a lot of building going on there condo conversions other things like that and uh and it literally and that's you know essentially what gentrification is it Mm -hmm. is uh the uh the the rise in income and the Mm -hmm. displacement of of lower income people and you write about the huge wage gaps here in cook county you found that median household income was nearly 20 times higher in some parts of the county tell us more yeah, you think about the uh, the North Shore along the lake there, mm-hmm. uh, places like Glencoe, Winnetka, uh, and a couple of others right up in that way. Uh, we're talking about 
median household incomes that were at the top level. 250000 is the cap mm-hmm. that the Census Bureau gives for values that are higher than that. So we don't know exactly what folks are earning. And keeping also in mind that the median is the middle point. So Correct, yeah. if your median household income is 250000 that means half the people in that area are actually earning higher than that. More. Um, and then you've got uh, the southern part of uh, the uh, very small, slender Fuller Park community, which is along the Dan Ryan between 47th and 55th. Mm-hmm. And uh, 13000 was the median household income for the southern half of that, which was from 51st to 55th along the Dan Ryan. And so that's, that's where that gap comes in. And uh, yeah, it's among the top 20 counties out of uh, more than 3,000 counties in the U.S. when you compare their highest earning census tract with their lowest earning census tract. Uh, the difference here was about maybe 18.8 per, uh, it was like 18.8 times higher uh, than, yeah. uh, than that lowest earning tract. Goodness. You teased about the uh, bachelor's degrees uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, in the story, you, you call it the bachelor's degree belt. Tell us more about that and, and uh, where it is and, and why the majority of Chicagoans uh, you say with four-year degrees are concentrated in such a small section of the city. Yeah, and 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 actually, I would say it's 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 a it's a section of the city, but it, but it's actually a, a fairly large section of the city. Okay. Um, and it stretches, and the the, the term bachelor's degree belt came from just kind of. Uh, mapping the data uh and color- i mean it's a real thing yeah yeah color coding it to see where are the percentages of uh, of residents who are essentially 50 percent or more of them have a four-year degree or more and then areas where they have less than that and so there is this essentially this belt of green areas green was the the color i chose with my map where mm-hmm. literally 70 80 90 percent of individuals yeah. are earning uh, or, or hold a bachelor's degree and these are individuals 25 years and older and it stretches from essentially from hyde park uh through downtown through the north side into the north suburbs and then stretching a little bit over into the northwestern suburbs mm-hmm. and just east of that belt we have essentially the opposite very deeply red areas where yep. less than 10 percent of individuals are you know hold a bachelor's degree and we're talking about the northwest suburbs right around o'hare through the northwest side belmont Cragen, um austin uh, East and West Garfield Park, Humboldt Park, through the uh, southwestern side of town into the southeast side of town. Mm-hmm. And this includes, and I think one of the interesting things about this map is that it includes not only areas that we know to be areas where education levels aren't necessarily very high among the majority of residents, but it also includes areas that I don't think we think about, areas around Midway, mm-hmm. um, uh, areas right. in, uh, in the southwestern, the near southwest suburbs as well. Uh, and so there are a lot of neighborhoods that have been stable, stable working class neighborhoods where folks don't necessarily have uh, a great deal of education uh, mm-hmm. compared to their counterparts. Right. I, I bet you're seeing links then between the, the areas that are having these increasing higher education levels and the areas that have the rising median household income. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I want to move on to unemployment before I let you go, because unemployment is declining significantly across Cook County. Despite that, though, you report that there are still wide ranges of unemployment, uh, as low as 1% in some parts and even as high as 20% in others. What's going on? Uh, I think this is a a function of not only those education uh, gaps that we're seeing, but also places that have for decades, literally, been disconnected from the from the from the workforce, disconnected from employment, mm-hmm. um, remain that way. Now, How does inequality remain so persistent here in Chicago? 
Um, it's a complicated question, I would say, largely because perhaps many of the things that are at the foundation, at the root of that inequality, haven't necessarily changed a great deal. Um, and uh, everything from segregation to uh, a public school system that has been struggling for, for a very long time to the uh, lack of kind of networks that are necessary to sometimes find opportunities that yeah. can really kind of help help uh, upward mobility. Um, some of those barriers are still there. And for folks who are have been at kind of the low end of the uh, the unemployment market or the employment market, I should say, mm-hmm. um, remain there. Yeah. And those those deficiencies are hard passed to get down out. From, from generation to generation in some cases. So lots found here, again, looking at that sort of that decade and, and those two five-year data sets. I mean, what is the biggest thing that you want our listeners to, to take away from the numbers? I, I would say the biggest thing is that uh, let's acknowledge our overall uh, improvements and gains, but let's not forget that uh, those overall numbers are overall. And when we, and this is one of the things I love about this five year data set because it allows us to zoom in closer and we get a much more nuanced picture. Mm-hmm. And so when we hear the good news about economic indicators improving, let's not forget that that's not the picture for everyone. We'll leave it there. Alden Lowry is the data projects editor here at WBEZ. You can read his full analysis on WBEZ.org right now and see that map that we just uh, talked about. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Sasha. This conversation was produced by our intern, Ellie Gilbert Bear. It was edited by Linnea Dominic and Meha Ahmed and mixed by Brenda Ruiz. Do you want more conversations like this? Well, don't forget to subscribe to the pod so that you never miss an episode. We bring you conversations daily with an extra special podcast on Saturdays. And if you want more Reset, well, check out our newsletter. We break down the latest stories and put events happening across the city on your radar. Does that sound like your cup of tea? Well, visit wbez.org slash Reset News. And that's it for this episode. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.